We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. That never feels good when somebody's just like off in their own head and you feel yeah. like you're being used as a part of their fantasy. They're just masturbating with you. Exactly. Yeah, you're like a pocket pussy. It's a power exchange. It's an equal exchange. And it's, a, mm-hmm. it's an agreement between the two parties about what's going to happen. And you take them a place they can't go without you. And conversely, they take you a place that they can't, you know, that you can't go without them. I'll be honest, sometimes you just want to, you know, masturbate on some guy's dick. I've done it plenty of times. (laughs) Guilty as charged. Not everything has to be the deepest, deepest river. But (laughs) it's true. Sometimes it's fun to just get off. The yin and yang, the masculine and feminine, the projective and receptive, the fiery and watery elements that exist within us, how those two opposites harmonize and how we can create internal union and as well as with another person through understanding the nature of how these opposites dance together. Hello guys, welcome back to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. Oh my gosh, I am so excited for this episode. I have lots of fun things to tell you. I have a fabulous guest on today. I cannot wait to jump into that. But before I do, big, big news. I've got my road trip all mapped out and I will be posting my route on all my social media. And I'm going to also be emailing everybody on my mailing list about all the details. So if you want to join me, say hello, possibly podcast from the car, meet me, you know, make any suggestions about where I should stop or stay and just all in all interact with me on the road trip. I will need your email address. So there's several ways you can get that to me. Number one, if you're already in on my email list, do not worry. You are going to be getting a special email going out this weekend. But if you're not, you can go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and leave me a voicemail and just give me your email address. Or you can email me, curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com. And you can just put in the subject line, road trip. And then I will take that email address and I will plop those into my app that I'm using. It's called Road Tripper. And then I will be able to send you an evite, or not an evite, but an invite. And then you can interact with me, make suggestions. Again, if you want to Join me on the trip, which I think would be super fun. I'm looking forward to meeting as many of you as I possibly can along the way. Then we can make all that happen. So I'm super, super excited, guys. Also, I don't have it up just yet. I'm working on getting my Curious Girl road trip a Spotify playlist together and letting every and making that public, letting you guys add music for me. So I will get the link for that and get that up. Also, I'm going to try to put a link to my actual drive route in the show notes. So check there and see if it's there. I'm not sure how it's going to populate. If it pops up funky and weird, I may not add it in there. I may have to figure out something else. But you can always just check the show notes if you're curious. You don't really want to send me your email. You just kind of want to see uh, what my route is. It will be there. Or of course, on my social media as well. All right. I know that's a lot road tripper, email me, voicemail me. You want to be a part of it. It's going to be so much fun going from the West Coast to the East Coast and hopefully meeting a lot of you along the way. Also, if you want to add to my Spotify playlist, 
please do that as well because I've got a lot of ground to cover and I'm going to need a lot of really good music. And I would love, love, love your suggestions. Okay, guys, now on to the exciting part. Today's guest is awesome, amazing, and I cannot wait to share her with you. Her name is Soraya Leonara, and she is a holistic sex and relationship coach. She's got several classes. She's mostly leaned towards helping men. However, she does coach women and couples as well. And she's got some more women-based classes coming out pretty soon too. And you got to stay tuned and listen because she also gives you a lovely discount for you wonderful listeners at the end of the show. So without further ado, here is the lovely Soraya Leonara. Soraya, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm so excited to have you. It was so great to talk to you the other day. I just couldn't wait to jump in and record. So tell me about yourself and also my listeners and just give a little bit about your background. Thank you so much for having me here, Layla. It's such a pleasure to be here with you and your audience. Hello, everyone. So I am a holistic sex and relationship coach and A lot of my teachings are rooted in Tantra and Taoist sexuality, which are holistic approaches to life and spirituality that originate in the far ancient East. And so I really view sex as something that is so connected to the whole of who we are. It's how we all arrived here in these bodies. It's what we're made out of. And our sexual energy is that vital life force that is permeating all of existence in every moment. And so I see our sexuality as something that is deeply integrated into every area of our lives. So that's why I call this uh, holistic sex and relationship coaching. We're really working on cultivating a beautiful, fulfilling relationship with self. And then from there, all of our other relationships branch out from how we relate with ourselves. And so I see this as something that touches every area of our lives. And I really just help people come home to themselves, fall in love with themselves and live the most alive, empowered, passionate lives that they are capable of. Well, I'd love I love that because I'm trying to do that, just what you just said. I'm trying to do that. You said it so eloquently. I'm trying to do that as well, but probably not as um, philosophy specific as you just mentioned. I'm just like, let's just do this, people. <laughs> but I love that you are rooted in specific principles. And I think that that's going to resonate with a lot of people. I know it resonates with me. Here's a little insider tip that people don't know about me because you mentioned, you know, the Taoist principles. I have a, a tattoo. Whoops. There we go. On my wrist. And that is actually, it's a symbol for the Tao Te Ching. Oh, and I, I just have always really, that's always made a lot of sense to me. And I have that there to sort of remind myself. It's really kind of funny. And I'm going to get people to be like, why are you getting out on this? But the interesting part about that is that the story that I heard around this is like the palm tree that if you think about the palm tree, like think about Florida and the palm trees and the hurricanes, what a big solid tree that is and how they bend and flex Mm. during times of adversity and when things aren't going perfectly, right? I mean, a hurricane or a storm is not perfect. And I got this at a time in my life when I really wanted to remind myself basically to stay open-minded and flexible and flexibility is a lot of what I fall back on for my yoga practice that I've done for 17 years. And just so there's just like, there's just all these interesting little symbolisms, but I've also incorporated it with my sex life too. So they're just kind of good grounded ideas to apply to whatever you're kind of working through or trying to focus on in your life. And I love that you use that metaphor. I was actually just using a very similar concept with a client yesterday who was expressing that he's very stubborn and closed minded. And I, I said, we need to be like trees where there's a balance between that rooted strength, but also the flexibility, because if we're too rigid, we're going to snap in the wind or the snow. And if we're too flexible, we're just going to fall over. And so it's like finding that balance. And that's so much about what Taoism and Tantra are is the yeah. harmonizing of opposite. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. 
And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Yeah. And I I know we're going to get more into that. The other thing that I loved about this message too was also just knowing that there's kind of what you see up above, but there's what makes the tree so strong. It's what you don't see underneath. It's those, Uh it's the root system and how actually what we don't, I know I'm like, I'm getting way out there. Like, (laughs) <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting into some, I'm getting into the weeds. But uh, again, it's, I think it's, I do think this is totally applicable in our sex lives as well. But underneath what we don't see is that root system and how intertwined and connected those roots are to other trees. Like it's not just, it's a system. It's not just a solo thing. It's this huge organized system. And that's kind of what makes the tree strong and gives it its strength and for us too. But the next thing I wanted to ask you is, I always love to just kind of dig a little bit into people's backgrounds. So, you know, when did you first become aware of sex and, you know, kind of what was your first memory and what did you think about it at that time? Oh, I love that question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. I would say, gosh, I remember asking my mom how women had babies and she kind of made it sound like, well, you know, when you when you have a boyfriend or a husband, then your body's able to have a baby. And I was like, but how does the body know if you have somebody in your life like that? And I, you know, it was it was such a mystery to me. I didn't really get it. I think she might have even told me the stork story. And one of the little girls that live next door told me one time about sex. And I was like, what's that? And she's like, well, it's where the dude puts his thing in her thing. And then they make a baby. Yeah. And I was like, what? Right. <laughs> I remember thinking it was so strange and and kind of disgusting, you know, I was raised in the Midwest Catholic, like very polite and appeasing. And my parents actually never talked to me about sex. And so that was my first introduction to it. And I just remember thinking it was so weird and being like, wait a minute, my parents did that. I can't really believe that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To me, it's fascinating to ask this question. The reason I do is because I really feel like that does shape a lot of our sexuality and moving forward. Like it's really that important. And uh, I've told the story, I think before I know I have on my podcast where for me, it was like, I can remember it just like yesterday, it was third grade and my mom coming from a very conservative background, you know, our family, same thing, Catholic conservative, but she was a little different. Like she wanted to do things different than my grandma had done with her, which was first time my mom had her period. My grandma handed her a book and was like, here, read this. Well, so she was determined that she was going to go the opposite direction. Everything was going to be open and honest and on the table. But as a third grader, I didn't really want that discussion. And at some point, she thought I had come down the stairs in the middle of the night and heard her and my dad when I went to use the restroom. And I really didn't. I didn't hear her. I could sleepwalk as a child. Like I was stone cold out. Like I did not. And so the next day it was dinner time, And I just remember I was hungry and she just wanted to have this conversation. I was like, okay, okay. Yes. Okay. Can I eat now? Like, but I, I didn't want to hear this. And from, from then on, I mean, she took that as license to just talk to me about everything because she wanted to overcompensate for what my grandmother had kept her in the dark about. So I was going to know every gory detail beyond what I wanted to know. So that was my, you know, it was a nice, it was really nice because I always knew that as I did grow up and started then having sex, like that I could talk to her about it. And it was just, it was totally natural and normal. Like, oh, you have a boyfriend? Are you having sex? Yeah, we're having sex. Oh, well, you know, and the first thing my mom said to me, I'll never forget this. She goes, well, is he doing anything for you? And I was like, wow, go mom. And I said, I didn't even know what she meant. I was like, well, what do you mean? Well, are you having an orgasm? And I was just like, I was 17. I was just like, please, I don't know. I don't want to talk about this. I sort of think I know what an orgasm is because I've been masturbating, but I'm not having it with my boyfriend. And I didn't know I was supposed to have one with him. And that was the first time where I was like, yeah, I'm supposed to have those with him. And yes, your lovers are supposed to be generous. It's supposed to be mutually beneficial. He's not supposed to be just getting on you and getting off. So thank you, mom. I took those teachings and moving forward, here I am. <laughs> What an amazing mom. That is so cool. Yes. Yeah. So what is the best sexual experience you've had? And what made that and what about it made it just the best? Gosh, the best. I mean, 
I guess it would be hard to choose just one because there's so many different flavors and expressions. But actually, I'd say maybe like one of the surprisingly best was there was a time that my partner and I were kind of going through an ebb in our sex life. And as couples do, and I think that's an important thing for people to understand is there's like an ebb and flow. There's kind of seasons to our sex lives sometimes. And so it's okay if it's in an ebb and it's an opportunity to dig deeper and get curious rather than freaking out. But we were in a bit of an ebb, both super busy all the time. Sex hadn't been happening as much as we would have liked. And there was a period of time that it just, it just wasn't really working out. Like we weren't kind of syncing up in the same timing, the energy wasn't really showing up. And we kind of unconsciously just like took sex off the table because we realized that we both had a lot of expectations around it happening and that we were kind of starting to tense up about maybe something is wrong. And so we realized how detrimental expectation can be to the magic of a sexual experience unfolding. And we were just having a dance state and dance is one of our favorite ways to connect and to communicate kinesthetically. We were playing some sexy music and the vibe was really sexy. And we just got into this like, super passionate, sensual dance where we were like, I mean, it it was like we were making love, but like didn't even take our clothes off. And both of us were like, whoa, this is some of the best sex we've ever had. And they're like, we're not even naked. There's no like direct genital contact. And then it did unfold into full blown, like full spectrum lovemaking. But that was something that really opened me to like how much people can obsess over intercourse or like orgasm or kind of the point, the finishing act, like the thing that we're all working towards, the pinnacle yeah. and and just expanding all the different ways that we can make love. And we were both just so incredibly in tune with each other, so turned on, so hypersensitive, like the tiniest little movement was just insanely pleasurable. And I think it was really just like not having any expectation at all and being so surprised by this incredible experience that unfolded and having the creative dance flow with it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. See, I just think like what I love about that is I think a lot of people are going to just be drawn to that and I want them to get to know you better. Now, let's Mm -hmm. go to the the opposite end of the spectrum Uh and, and talk about maybe the, I put in here like the worst sexual experience, but maybe just we'll use that word just very generically because I don't want to say bad or anything like that, but there's a lot of reasons things can't, won't be great. But can you think of a time where it's like, just, it's just really like the worst or the least satisfying sexual experience you've ever had and what made it so, like what made it that way? Yeah, that's another great question. I can think of a couple different lovers I've had who were not in connection. Like sex was not a dialogue, a conversation between us. It was more like they weren't connected with themselves. They weren't connected with me. And they were more on this porn programmed trajectory of like where they thought it was supposed to go or where they wanted it to go without any consideration of what I wanted. And there was no connection. And especially times when they tried to be dominant or kinky, but they were not connected to themselves. I think that is like the worst when there's not awareness, there's not embodiment, there's not a listening to see how you're receiving it. And they're just coming very aggressively without, I mean, I love kink and I love playing with with these different types of roles, but I think to be a powerful dominating force it has to be connected to your heart it has to be rooted in your your body your consciousness like it can't just be this thing that is playing out in your mental fantasy of what you've seen in porn there has to be a deep connection and a trust there yeah so that never feels good when somebody's just like off in their own head and you feel like you're being used as a part of their fantasy they're just masturbating with you exactly yeah you're like a pocket pussy Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's interesting. You should, I don't know if you've listened to it, but you should listen to the, I did a, I had two dominants on Mm -hmm. and what I wanted to do because I identify with being submissive and Mm -hmm. it's very hard to, that's a really, really deep, deep, deep dynamic to be in with someone. And it's not the generic stuff that you see on porn. That's a role play. 
And I try to help people differentiate between the two. And so I had these two dominants on because they just really laid it out there so elegantly. Mm-hmm. But it's a power exchange. It's an equal exchange. And it's, a, mm-hmm. it's an agreement between the two parties about what's going to happen. And you take them a place they can't go without you. And conversely, they take you a place that they can't, you know, that you can't go without them. And that's, and so when you're both on the same page and everybody's interests are aligned, that's when the sex is something other than just sex. It is this otherworldly experience. I've had times where I felt like I'm floating outside of my body. And I feel like a lot of people don't get to experience that. And, and you know, what I'm hoping we can just sort of accomplish today is, A, let them know that this exists, they can get there. And we're going to talk about how you are with what you're doing, helping men, women, and couples get to that point and really tap into that. And it doesn't have to be through anything. I don't think, I didn't notice that you were any sort of, you're not kink specific. It's just Mm -hmm. helping them get there and they can find their own way with the little kinks and things like that. But absolutely. And that, that trust and consensual communication is is everything for being able to surrender and go to those deep realms. Right. And if you, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just my opinion that when you don't have that, like you said, that connection and communication, you're, again, you're not going to get there. You know, you're just kind of doing what I like to say is sometimes, and I've done it. I'm not saying there's nothing against it. Sometimes you just, I'll be honest, sometimes you just want to you know, masturbate on some guy's dick. I've done it plenty of times. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Not everything has to be the deepest, deepest river. But it's true. <laughs> sometimes it's fun to just get off. However, that has its time mm-hmm. and place. And what we're really trying to, what you're doing and what I want to help people be aware of is there's resources out there when you want something a little deeper. You want to go deeper and explore more with your sexuality. Sometimes you need help to get over some humps or think about things differently. And I think that's what you're <laughs> what you're offering people. So the other thing I kind of, you know, since we we're earlier in the conversation, we we're talking about parents and our background and how this came to be is I wonder what do your parents and family and friends think about your work and what you're doing? Yeah, that's a funny question. Well, like I said, I was raised conservative Catholic in the Midwest. And so there's a lot of like sexual repression in my family. And I was shamed for my sexuality growing up. It was definitely not like an open topic. And I, you know, as soon as I left the house, I just, I completely decided like I'm doing things my way. And if my family wants to see me again, they need to be accepting of that. And so- I just started being really honest about everything. And I never even really communicated specifically that I was going down this path when I started to. And then I just started posting my writing all over social media. And like my whole family follows me on social media. (laughs) You didn't separate the two. (laughs) You're just like, boom. Here it is. I was like, you know, they can having ice cream. And now I'm going to talk about sex, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like they can unfollow me if they want. And I'm sure that they're learning some things from this. And I mean, nobody has particularly said anything negative about it. I don't think they're the most comfortable with it. But I'm just, you know, I'm to a point where I'm just like, it's not my problem to sort out. And this is what I do. And I think one of the things that people love about working with me and one of the reasons they trust me so deeply is because I am so comfortable talking about this kind of stuff. I'll talk about sex with anyone and everyone. And I invite my family to talk about it with me because I'm like, if you're having issues, like use me as a free resource. I'm here for you. So some of them are open to that and some of them not as much, but it's, I've encouraged my brother to take my classes and things like this. And so it's pretty cool. I think, I think I'm doing a lot of healing for my family's lineage. There's been a long history of just, you know, cancers of the sexual organs, breast cancer, prostate cancer, things like this. And Mm -hmm. so I think there's, there's deep healing happening through me during this work. And as far as my friends and everyone else goes, people usually find it pretty exciting and love asking me questions. And it's just fun topic to get into. Oh, I know. It really is. It's actually like, 
the best. I, I think it's the most fun and exciting topic and thing that you can be focused on. I mean, like I never thought of it like in the same way that you are doing, like I never did it for work, but I'm like, geez, why not? Like this is really probably the most, this is the funnest topic you can, you can focus on. So your conservative background and your, like, how did you find your way to be a holistic sex and relationship coach? It's a great question. I, um, it was kind of an interesting journey. I started off on a path. I mean, I, I kind of shifted around a lot from international business to international affairs to environmental studies. And then I got sick of the whole school thing and just started traveling and, you know, traveled internationally quite a bit. And then I got very sick with kind of a mess of chronic illness in my early 20s. And with that, a big piece of what happened there was I lost my sex drive entirely and I was having pain during sex. And I was in a long-term partnership at the time and I was like 22. And so I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm 22 yeah. and I have a libido. And at first I was like very why me? I was in this really victimizing place of this sucks. I'm 22 and I'm dealing with this. But I had dabbled a bit with Tantra and Taoist sexuality. And I decided to go much deeper into it to start exploring the sexual side of what I was working with. And I went to my first weekend long Tantra workshop and just felt so connected to myself and to everyone else there. I felt the most naturally high I had ever been in my life. And I received some very powerful sexual healing tools to start working with my own internal process, both solo and with my partner. And that was an incredibly healing year. And I could feel that this was very connected to the work that I was here to do. But then it wasn't until about a year later that I found kind of my core Tantra teacher who I've had ever since. And he opened me up to the whole of Tantra beyond just sexuality. And so in the West, there's a lot of misconception that Tantra equals sex. And sex is just a small piece of Tantra. It is one of the only spiritual traditions that fully embraces sexuality. And so I think that's why a lot of people get really excited about that piece. But again, because everything is sexual energy, it's made of sexual energy, it's very, you can apply the concepts of Tantra to sex pretty much across the board. And so he opened me up to kind of the whole of Tantra and the perspective shifts that I encountered and embodied through that journey are really what pulled me out of the victim mentality and brought me into a place of empowerment because I realized I could either be a victim of the situation or I could choose to alchemize poison into medicine and and use this, this obstacle as an opportunity to choose what I was going to learn from it. And ultimately, this illness is what led me to my life's passion and purpose and, and what I do for a living now. And so it turned out to be an incredible gift. I just started eating it up and diving into it for years and, and haven't stopped. So that's that's how I got to where I am today. I love it. Well, I know that both, you know, I know that Tantra and Taoist sexuality, like there's just a lot involved there. Can you just break it down, mm -hmm. like kind of in the, maybe the simplest, most digestible way, what both of those are about? Because as you were talking, I will say, I probably have uh, some, at least for the Tantra, some Western misconceptions about it myself. You know, I think, I'm just thinking about, to be honest, I'm thinking about Sting and his never ending <laughs> orgasm, you know, is his four hour long orgasm, you know, like, and this is, <laughs> that's what pops into my head when I think of this stuff. So, and I know I'm just throwing it out there. I know it's more than that. And so that's why I'm just glad to have you because I'm like, let's just, let's let, it, let's let people know what it's really about. Absolutely. And that's what a lot of people think of. So it's, it's a good clarifying question. So Taoist sexuality is kind of the, the focus on sexuality in the, the Taoist lineage. And so the Taoists really saw, and then this comes from ancient China, the Taoists very much saw sexuality as an integral piece of our overall health and vitality and well-being. And so they loved uh, learning how they could improve their longevity and their vitality. And they saw sex to be a key factor in this because to them, again, this is a uh, our, our chi, it's it's our energy that moves through us and animates our, our bodies into to being. And they saw that 
when you ejaculate uh, as a man, you lose an enormous amount of energy. And so they would cultivate practices to be able to actually retain a man's seed and circulate that energy throughout the entire body, which allows for an entirely different type of orgasm. And we can actually get to that in a second. I want to finish answering the, the rest of this question. And so they did lots of practices in terms of moving qi, moving jing, which is kind of like the base sexual essence energy. They kind of have these different terms for different types of energy. And they're always working to refine their energy, to move it through the body because you know they see that when energy stuck in the body, it causes illness and disease. So they had all these practices to keep energy moving, to come into greater spiritual states of awareness and greater physical health as well. So... That's a big piece of Taoist sexuality. They also worked a lot with the concepts of yin and yang and how not just as men and women, but internally the yin and yang, the masculine, feminine, the projective and receptive, the fiery and watery elements that exist within us, how those two opposites harmonize and how we can create internal union and as well as with another person through understanding the nature of how these opposites dance together and not just in ourselves and between each other, but also just looking at how the entire universe works, understanding the Tao, which means the way. So that's Taoist sexuality. Tantra, there are many different lineages, many of which originate in ancient India. And so they see reality as non-dual. So these, these opposite forces that we see, life and death, masculine, feminine, inhale, exhale, darkness and light, pleasure and pain. All of these are two sides of the same coin. So there is an enormous amount of overlap between Tantra and Taoism, but there's kind of different languages around how they express these concepts. So in the Tantric path, everything is a doorway to the divine because everything is one. And so because of that, everything is equally sacred. It all comes from the same source. So nothing can be less sacred than anything else. The profane, the mundane, it's all sacred. So then we can take our pain and use it as a pathway to pleasure because they are just two sides of the same coin. There are all kinds of ways that we can learn to transmute what feels like poison into medicine, recognizing that they're actually one and the same. So I'd say that's a pretty core essential piece of Tantra to understand. And they also had practices around conserving the seed, coming into sacred union within ourselves and within another person. And they saw they saw sex as a way to, as a pathway to reach higher spiritual states and sex and spirit as two sides of the same coin. And so they very much hold the body and the path of the of embodiment to be very important. Whereas a lot of spiritual traditions kind of of dismiss the material world and sex and the body. Tantra sees it as incredibly beautiful and sacred and an essential uh, piece of the whole. So I hope that's clarifying. No, I mean, if you saw me looking down, I was like, I was taking some notes here because I've always felt like... And it's just my personal philosophy that, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes when couples aren't matching up and when you're what I call you trying to stick a square peg into a round hole, it's mm-hmm. because you're, you know, as you put it, the yin and the yang, they're off. I do believe in the masculine and the feminine. And I think mm-hmm. that if you're like for women sometimes, because we've had mixed messages about that we need to go out there and really kind of compete in the world like men. And, and we do, you know, and, and, but I think what, which is great, you know, like there's, we have all this equality and while we don't, it's not hundred percent, but we're getting there. The, what we've lost a little bit of sight of is that our feminine energy is powerful too. It's very yeah. powerful. And that, you need to strike a balance with it. And you can't just lead with your, you know, for women, you can't just lead with your masculine because you need to have a balance. Or, you know, if you are, then the balance for you is a man that's maybe a little more feminine and leading with that. And that's okay. And, and this is, and I wouldn't even actually say, as I'm saying male and female, I should mm-hmm. really probably just more clarify. It's not, it's not about your anatomical parts. It's more, it's about, you know, for people to really have strike that good balance and match up the duality, the the sides of the coin there and Mm -hmm. to 
really this great connection on all levels, not just sexually, but to have, you know, these successful relationships that go over time, you kind of have to really understand the energy that you're bringing to that relationship and and how to strike that really hot, sexy balance. Because yeah, when you strike that, it's good on the most basic levels, whether it's who's taking kids to carpool or can you go get to the grocery store and make dinner tonight because I'm going to be late, whatever and, and on whatever level it is, it's just, it keeps that, I don't know, that that nice little tension and that wonderful appreciation for what the other person brings. Because when you have too much of the same, you're really just competing for the same position and and it doesn't work. And I that's my personal philosophy. I wish more people like saw that, like, because I can look at their relationship and go, well, you're really too similar. I mean, you're like, someone's got to have this energy and that energy, and then you'll match up better. But you're absolutely right. This is this is a topic I discuss a lot because, you know, as women, we kind of got given permission to be men in the world, not to actually be leaders as women. So we, yeah, we didn't really, the feminine way is still not really respected and revered. We're expected to act like men if we're in positions of leadership. And it's destroyed a lot of polarity for a lot of couples. And so I think we kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater mm-hmm. in terms of the the more old school traditional roles. There were definitely some things that needed to be updated about it. But there was also, I mean, they were constructed that way for a reason. And, they had and- some things right. Like, yeah, they, I mean, they definitely like, there's some things, a 1950s relationship, while people, some people look at that as oppressive, I can look at that and say, I see the beauty in what's working right there. You know, mm-hmm. like what, what it is. And I don't see it as a weakness for women because I feel like now. Right. And I think it's, it's a matter of, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's, and it's a matter of finding like what feels good for either mm-hmm. person, but recognizing that if you want there to be sexual polarity, there has to be a negative and positive pole. Like think about a battery, an electrical current, a magnet. You have to have the attraction of opposites um, to to generate energy. And if you are both trying to be in this young masculine role at the same time, then we have a sword fight going on, which right. isn't going to be a very sexy, saucy time. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you're both if you're both being yin and you're both in a feminine role, there's kind of like this, there's no movement really. It's kind of like, well, I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. You choose. And nobody's initiating. Nobody is getting things going. And so it's not that it's not even necessarily that one person has to always be masculine and one person has to always be feminine. But in any given situation, if there's a desire for sexual chemistry, somebody has to be taking one role or another. And that could switch five minutes later. But we have to be holding down those roles. And we all have masculine and feminine energy within us, regardless of our gender so we can play with that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love it. So I know kind of up to this point, you've specialized in working with men. And then I know you also told me that you're, you have other programs for women and couples. And I think also we'll talk about more. You've got some women focused programs and stuff coming out. But can you just kind of like, just tell me about specializing with men and that kind of a focus, how you're helping them? Yeah, so... I started working with men actually because I saw there were a lot of badass women in my life who were doing a lot of work on themselves and they just couldn't find a man to meet them. And they were like, where's all the good men out there? So I thought I'd kind of investigate the situation and actually noticed a lot of my clients starting out were men. And so I was like, I'm going to see what's up with the men and and dive deep into their world and help get them up to speed. And, And so I dove in with them for years and learned so much from them and got to see where they feel the women aren't doing the work and, you know, where they're having to carry a lot more of the burden. And I developed a lot of compassion for both sides. But one of the things that I've worked on with men a lot is being able to connect their cock with their heart and and really have that internal sacred union. That is their internal negative and positive pull. Their yin and yang is in the heart and the cock. And For men, their sexual energy is fiery, it's young, and it can feel like this totally out of control force because nobody ever taught them how to wield the power of that energy. And you said said the other day, the power of their cock. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. 
<laughs> so helping them understand how to wield the power of their cock from a centered, conscious, intentional place where they're in the driver's seat rather than it whipping them around and feeling like this erratic or elusive force that they don't have much control over. And so there's a lot of issues with erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, inability to orgasm, all kinds of things. Porn, very porn addiction. Porn, exactly. A lot of this is very connected to porn. And so helping them rewire their experience of sexuality to be one that's embodied rather than just existing in their head and helping them be able to get turned on by a real person and have the presence required for sex rather than like these porn programmed expectations where they're not actually here with their lover and helping them gain confidence as to how to connect with women, how to feel empowered and confident and sexy in their masculinity, and really this fire that they have. So the way I look at it is like untamed fire burns down the whole world, whereas channeled fire fuels it and warms it and illuminates it. So they have this incredible gift that they just need to learn how to work with. And it's an incredibly healing force in the world. Like we all love a man who can wield his sexual energy in that way. Yeah, I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. Because this to me is, this is why I love men so much. I mean, this to me is why they're so sexy, why I'm so drawn to them. And this over for me, female energy, because I just, when you can find a man that is, well, let's, I'll put it the way you put it, you know, who's understands how to wield the power of their cock. <laughs> it's so damn sexy. Like they are radiating this energy and it can almost like whip your head around. You can spot those guys in a room. Like if you're tuned into it, you can feel it and it's hot. And it's, it just, it's appealing and I love it. So I have another, I have one more question, but go, you know, about this, but if, if, I, if I cut you off, keep going. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say the other, the other thing that I really love to help them with is to take that power of wielding the power of their sexual energy a step further into mastering the art of non-ejaculatory orgasm and becoming multi-orgasmic. And so this is what I was mentioning when I touched on Taoist sexuality and Tantra. And these are practices that originate from those lineages. So what that is essentially is orgasm and ejaculation are actually two separate functions. Ejaculation is a reaction to orgasm that can be rewired, reprogrammed to happen separately from each other. And like I said, the Taoists saw that with that loss of semen, with the loss of seed, there was a big loss of vital life force energy. And the scientific breakdown of this is that when a man ejaculates, he releases an enormous amount of neurotransmitters. So serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, and then the hormone prolactin. And when he releases prolactin, that is what's responsible for the ejaculation hangover, this kind of feeling of being checked out, tired, busy. Yeah, want to go to sleep, want to yeah. kick back. It's signals to the body, hey, dude, your job is done for the day. You've procreated, you're good, you can kick back. And so it actually, it diminishes that young edge, like the directive, fiery, masculine, get shit done, go after what you want kind of energy. Yeah, It empties them into this more yin space, which sometimes that's great. Awesome. But like other times you want to be productive. You want to feel focused and clear headed and have energy. And so over time, according to the Taoists, this energy will, if you if you continue ejaculating throughout the course of your life, you'll be zapping your vitality. And so from their perspective, it's very healthy to find a frequency of ejaculation that feels really good to you. So for some men, this is going to be like once a week. Other men, it's going to be every two to three months. But what's important, what's key is that the energy is being circulated properly. So it's not just being ignored or repressed or built up. And then they're going to become agitated or feel like they're going to explode or be totally distracted and horny and aroused by everything they see. But the trick here is learning how to have non-ejaculatory orgasm is a completely different thing than just simply not ejaculating. So a lot of guys will say, well, I practice edging and I just don't come. Isn't that the same thing? Yeah. It's actually a completely different thing. We're taking it a step entirely further where 
we're reversing the flow of sexual energy. And so instead of it being an explosive orgasm where it's being shot out of the body, it's an implosive orgasm. And that energy is being circulated through the entire system to revitalize the whole system and create an incredibly pleasurable experience that can be moved through the entire body so that it's not just localized in the genitals, but it's actually experienced through the whole body. They can have many of them in one session or they can last an incredibly long time as well. So sometimes they enter more of an orgasmic state and I've seen them last for an hour plus where their whole body is having these convulsing orgasms, but they're not ejaculating. So the other huge perk of that, they don't lose their erection in between orgasms. They can last as long as they want, like incredible stamina Yeah, and they get to keep their energy. They're not tired yeah. after. Yeah. Oh my God. I know See, this sounds Amazing to me, like, especially because you know, we can we can just keep going and going, and we'll have a short refractory period. And you know, almost the way you were describing that sounds like the female orgasm because to it me, is. it's very internal, and I I feel like that's why it's so easy to sometimes you can really have them back to back because it's so close. Mm-hmm. Like the minute one ends, you're already right back to the buildup. That's why I love being a woman. <laughs> I'm like, we're so, we're so special that way. You know, it's like, I never feel like it's going out. It is, it's just staying right in there and it keeps rebuilding on itself. I don't know. I mean, and maybe I don't have the proper words for it, but that's what it feels like to me. And I love it. It is very much like a female orgasm in that way. And so, you know, a lot of times guys are like jealous that women can have these Multiple. multiple orgasms, but men are capable of that too. And so, you know, we don't, we don't lose very much energy. Like some traditions will say during an explosive orgasm, like a, a really like full on clitoral orgasm that women can lose some energy, but it's not the same way that a man loses energy. Like we lose our energy when we have our period and we bleed yeah. and that's when we're releasing our egg. So similarly, like we can have compassion for how they feel after they ejaculate by comparing it to how we feel when we're bleeding. Yeah. And I also don't, to me, when I have an orgasm, I get more excited and awake. Like I go, the, you know, a man, you know, he'll come and he'll get tired. I'm like, I'm just ready for more. Yes. So like sometimes after he's come, I will really quickly come again mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. He's done because I know I'm like, oh, he's about ready to be done. I got to sneak one more in just for good measure. <laughs> But I keep put that in. And I'm glad you're speaking to this because a lot of women um, will kind of learn that they have to hurry up and squeeze their orgasm out before their man comes. And they don't get to often have these these deep, incredible orgasms if he can't last long enough. And so another thing the Taoists say is that male sexual energy is like fire. It's quick to ignite, but quick to extinguish. So they can get aroused very easily, but they come and then they have that refractory period. Yeah. Whereas women are like water, it takes a long time to boil. But once once we're hot, we stay hot for a long time. And we could just go and go and go and go and go. And so talking about polarity, because we are wired as opposites as men and women, when men learn to have non-ejaculatory orgasms and circulate their energy in this way, they are setting themselves up with a much more even playing field so that they can actually meet us in that watery energy that is boiling for a long time. And then nobody has to worry about him puttering out too soon because yeah. he's he's able to that fire and then keep us in that space as well. Yes. Okay. So what I want to know from you, since you've worked with a lot of men, what's the one thing you think women would be the most surprised to know about men? Okay. So I think that the masculine heart is very often misunderstood. And actually my upcoming women's course is going to be touching on a lot of the stuff that we often misunderstand about men and that he wishes we got about him. So the masculine heart is a man's yin pole, whereas his his cock is his yang pole. So this is like his sensitive, watery, receptive pole. And so it's, it's actually hurt more easily than we realize. And it actually, if we relate his heart to the same way that like our pussy feels like our pussy doesn't want to be aggressively penetrated without any like foreplay consent like any of it like we need time to like open and and feel open to penetration his heart feels the same way so when we are really abrasive and penetrating with our emotions because our yang pole is in our heart as women we can feel the same way 
abrasively penetrating to his heart as he can feel to us if he's not having proper foreplay and connection before he comes at us sexually. And so there's there's kind of a lot that that comes up in this space where there's misunderstanding a lot of women saying like, oh, he doesn't connect with my heart first. He doesn't have foreplay. He just plunges right into sex. And because that's his yang pole and that's like where he's guided from, sex is a big way that he shows love. And it's not that he doesn't love us. It's that he loves us so much. He wants to show us with his cock yeah. and that often gets missed. and misunderstood. <laughs> Yeah. I love that. But I understand I'm with you on like how women misinterpret that. They're like, you know, yeah. And so, and so that's an area where we both have to work to meet each other. Like we need to get consent before we emotionally dump, like really make sure that he's in a space to receive what we have to share and to, to be like mindful of how we're sharing and recognizing that his heart is sensitive. It's, it's quick to close off. Like if we are not gentle in the way we connect with his heart, he will become avoidant or shut down and, and kind of seem checked out to us. And so we need to learn how to have more foreplay emotionally and he needs to learn how to have more foreplay sexually actually a lot of the times. And that's, that's how we can start to meet each other. But if we can understand that one of the ways he shows love is through his cock and that that's not just him being, being, being an asshole. Yeah, exactly. Then it's, it's a helpful thing to understand about them. Yeah. I was actually, I obviously I didn't know what you were going to say to that, but I was kind of hoping mm-hmm. that would, this would come out. I've learned this a few years back. I really was like, and I, you know, it's a little bit embarrassing, you know, just to kind of finally realize like, oh, well, wait a minute. You know, wait, they have feelings too. Yeah. <laughs> and I, didn't, yeah. and I, I don't say that lightly. I just really was looking at things from my female perspective and how I translate things. And so, and just not really realizing like, oh, wait a minute, men have feelings too. And that sounds so obvious and so cliche, but mm-hmm. I missed, you know, there's, there's just been times where I've missed it and I didn't mm-hmm. see or understand that this is how they do it. And now it just, it's like light bulb moments, bing, bing, bing. You know, it makes, it makes a lot of sense, but it really took actually a guy saying it to me, like, you know, and I was like, just making all these comments. And I'm like, I mean, I just don't understand. I just don't get it. Like, and he, he says, well, what, you don't get it that what you mean, you don't get it that men have feelings too. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. you know, like, <laughs> really? And I was like, okay, like, wow, you know, it really, I don't know that he even actually knows that that moment we were driving in the car and he just kind of said it. And I was like, huh, you know, and it really, it, it hit me deep, you know, and I was like, wow, okay, I need to do a little digging here. I need to, I felt like, ooh, okay, I, I need some time. I need to isolate. I got to think about what, what just happened here. Like what he just said, like, I need to mold this over, but it was so true. And from there, it's just been a progression, you know, of really learning. And I think people kind of forget too that your sex life and the way that you relate to others should be something that you hone those skills on. We don't stop working on our physical fitness. We don't stop working on our financial goals. Mm-hmm. We have all these other things that would make a priority, but this really should be on the list too, because it's just super important with how we're relating to our partners and our loved ones as we move around through the world. So that's why when I found you, I was like, oh, this is really good, interesting stuff. Now, I know that you also now, so let's roll the clock forward because it was originally kind of more male focused, right? And now through that, you've been doing this for a while and you have, you're working with women and with couples. And can you just kind of tell everybody what you're offering for women and couples? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, well, just touching back on the men thing, I do have two courses for men, one of which helps them overcome any sort of sexual insecurities, blockages. It's called Vital Cockfidence. And so it- I love that name. Yeah, I I thought that was a fun one. And so it it helps them, it helps them cultivate confidence and like just feel amazing in working their magic with the wand they've got and, you know, being a really sexy, attractive, empowered man. And then the second course is called Multi-Orgasmic Vitality. And that's for learning non-ejaculatory orgasms and really learning how to wield the power of that sexual energy. So those are the offerings that I offer for men. And then for women and couples, I'm in the process of working on a course 
course for women. I think most likely it's going to be called Dancing with the Masculine. I haven't fully decided. It's going to launch sometime in September. And it's going to be about a lot of what we were just talking about, really understanding how to harmonize with the masculine, both internally and externally. Because if we have beef with our internal masculine, that will get projected externally. And we will call in men that trigger our deepest wounds with the masculine, whether that was something that started with our father or other male figures in our lives. And so it's it's going to be a course on healing the masculine within, as well as really learning the language of the masculine and how we can cultivate these deeply harmonious, high polarity, passionate relationships through understanding the way that we dance as opposites and how we can weave in, in unity together. So that's going to be the women's offering that's coming up in September. And then for couples, I'm working on potentially some retreats for next winter, maybe in Costa Rica. I'm still Oh, I love Costa Rica. Yeah. So I love getting couples together in, in sexy ways to explore different tantric practices, to understand the dynamics of polarity, to deepen their communication and their ability to like really sink and be a power couple and be, be a, have a relationship relationship where they learn and grow and expand and have amazingly fulfilling sex and uh, get to co-create something beautiful together instead of just like being a couple that kind of falls into the trap of losing passion over the course of time, but how they can continue to build and deepen and expand their connection. So I do work also privately one-on-one with everyone, individuals and couples. And that's a good way to dive into the work on a deeper, more personal level as well. So I've got something for everyone. I'm always creating new courses and uh, I got lots of, lots of magic up my sleeve. I love that. That sounds so good. And I just want to let everybody know that you have been so generous as to anybody that wants to, here's this podcast and wants to get one of your programs, they can use the code CuriousGirl at checkout and they'll get a 15% discount. So thank you so much. That is so generous of you. And I know that, you know, my listeners are going to take advantage of this. So as we kind of wrap up here, just tell everybody where they can find you. Awesome. Yeah. So my website is surrealeonara.com. That's S-U-R-E-Y-A-L-E-O-N-A-R-A.com. And my Instagram, I post a lot of free content. Same. It's a Surreya underscore Leonara. I have a YouTube channel as well. You can pop my name in there to find it. And on my website, you'll see all of my courses. And then YouTube and Instagram, I'm always putting out lots of writing and awesome content for you to enjoy. And I encourage everybody to uh, reach out to me on my website or Instagram and to to take advantage of that 15% discount code. It's my absolute pleasure to offer that to you all for being here today. Yes, there you go. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you so much, Soraya, for being on and just sharing all of this with everyone that listens to me. Guys, I highly recommend that you go and check Soraya out. And she's, like I said, given that discount. Thanks everybody so much for listening. And if you have questions or comments about this episode, you guys know what you can do. You can go to my website, The Curious Girl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com. And on the right-hand side, just click and leave me a voice message. You know I love your voice messages and I always get back to you right away. All right, everyone, stay safe, happy, healthy, and sexy. Thank you so much for having me here, Layla. And I just wanted to say for the women's course, it's not posted on my website yet. So if you want to use that discount for that upcoming course, just pop your email into the pop-up box that comes on my website, subscribe to my mailing list, and you'll be updated when it comes around and you can use that 15% discount code. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care, everyone. Bye. All right, guys, what did you think? Oh my gosh, isn't Soraya amazing? I just love her. I could have talked forever. As a matter of fact, when she gets her female-based new program coming up, I might have her back on to highlight that and we can kind of do a deep dive into that. But if you loved her as much as I do, you should definitely go check out her website and make sure you use the code CuriousGirl to get your 15% discount at checkout. I'll have all her links in the show notes, guys. So don't worry if you missed it. You know, you can always go there and check. Anytime I mention stuff on the show, I usually throw it in the show notes. So it's always there for you. Go to thecuriousgirldiaries.com forward slash podcast and click on the podcast you are listening to. And I will have my road tripper information there too as well. Hopefully 
I can get that to pop in. But if you miss it, don't worry. I will have an email going out if you're on my email list. And as well, at the beginning of the show, I mentioned how you can reach out to me and let me know that you want to be a part of the road trip. All right, guys, everybody, stay safe. Take care. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend and make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.